0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses and go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady to enter the Shady Rays Parlay of the Day contest. Ross brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week. All week long, SGPN has you covered with draft props. Mock Drafts in our live NFL Draft Watch Party, so make sure to smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash podcast. Ooh. Welcome everyone to the Hemi Butler podcast, part of the Hemi Butler network. It is currently Hemi o'clock on the East Coast here to discuss Hemi's world and we're just living in it. And I'm joined here by my guy. I got my guy here with me, Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, my man? How are you doing this Thursday morning? Yeah, man, pretty good. Uh, incredible set of games we had.
1: Uh, with what both teams were able to do and one not doing, um, but yeah, man, like you said, Jimmy Butler, amazing. Uh, he wants to downplay the playoff Jimmy thing, but it's definitely real, definitely a real thing.
0: It's definitely a thing, man. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll deep dive into about what happened, um, what transpired last night uh, in the association, especially with the Heat and the Bucks game, but now if you're not a fan of nba i know there's a lot of people that aren't because of what the product is right now um but i think last night we had some really good games um from the warriors and the kings to obviously the bucks and the heat um uh, calves no showed last night but we'll dive all into it here in a second uh but again it was an incredible line of hoops last night i know there's a lot of conversations going on and and finger pointing and and people having a lot of opinions of what kind of transpired in Milwaukee yesterday, but we'll we'll dive into it here in a minute, but um, we'll get the, I guess, the boring stuff out of the way here, Delonte, (laughs) but uh, Cleveland last night, absolutely no shows the game. I mean, they are on their home floor where we talked about throughout the season, Delonte, that they were really good against the spread, um, and they were really good a, uh, sorry, a really good home team, and defensive team this season. But I think the more question mark for this game for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the series was that they just were not very good offensively. Um, Donovan Mitchell last night played 44 minutes, finished up with 28 points, Lante, but he was only 11 of 26 from the floor. And there was not much help after that. Darius Garland got up 13 shots. He finished up with 21 points. Um, But the bigger story was the Knicks... Were just flat out the better team in this series, man.
1: Yeah, they just got out physical, um, and you can't get out physical by supposedly one of the teams that you know y'all mirror each other. I mean, essentially, I think the Knicks. I mean, obviously, the result is the result, but I mean, if you play the series again, I'm pretty sure it'll be closer to like a pick'em because both teams are somewhat similar. Now. Offensively, it's not even close with what the New York has and what Cleveland has, but I think I mean the it was just pure like will intensity, um, attention to detail. Like they rebounded almost forty percent of their own misses. Uh, the Cavs, uh, I mean the Knicks. That is, I'm sorry. So, like you got to look at some some coaching stuff like within that situation about getting those guys ready to play. Now, all of us not own the coaches because obviously coaches coach players play, but mm-hmm. putting those guys in certain positions to be able to succeed is, is what you need. And playing Jared Allen with Evan Mobley just wasn't it for that series. I know it worked all throughout the regular season, but I mean, when he's on the floor, you essentially have three guys who aren't offensive players. So you have Mobley, who's not offensively gifted as of yet. Um, Allen of course and then you either have Okoro I guess Levert is a little bit more of a, a offensive player but like he ain't you it. yeah so yeah I would I would just give him like a third not not even yeah. a full but like and the Knicks have like four or five guys that you can play and score you know Mitchell Robinson and uh Josh Hart dominated the series like I don't think they'll get enough credit it's more than what you see in a box score uh I know Mitchell Robinson had the rebounds, the offensive rebounds, of course. But, like, some of the things that he did as far as altering, picking roles with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, pushing Mobley and uh, Allen out of the paint at certain times, I thought that was big. Josh Hart guarding Donovan Mitchell, making it tough for him. You read off the stats earlier. He was probably even worse in New York. So, man, uh, uh, yeah, I think the Cavs got a lot of work to do in the offseason, they got to get some wings, which is what we discussed pretty much throughout the season. Like, they didn't have yeah. any wings at all. And They're outside no of Mitchell – yeah, outside of Mitchell, I mean, it's no actual scores. The interior, you know, it can only get you so far in the regular season. Uh, when the playoffs come, it slows down. I thought Thibs did an incredible job as far as getting those guys ready. Um, the scheme was perfect for them. And, I mean, they did it without Randall, all NBA-type uh, players. So, yeah, uh, I know Knicks fans, you know, aren't the biggest Randall fans. Well, all Knicks fans aren't the biggest <laughs> Randall fans. But... Yeah, man, I, I thought it was a massive job by there. I don't think he's getting enough credit also. And I think Hart and Robinson deserve a lot of credit. Although, you know, the captain of the ship was Jalen Brunson, of course.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, what you mentioned, Jalen Brunson was the guy, um, I guess I mentioned the captain of this series so far. But they got contributions from everybody else as well in this series. And we talk about Josh Hart, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, those guys really did a great job rebounding all series long. Uh, for the New York Knicks. Unfortunately, or I guess fortunately some ways, say like you mentioned that Julius Randle was hurt um, even before the Caesar series started. and I think he re-aggravated that ankle again last night you know, where he only played 16 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see if Randle is able to play in this next series against the Miami Heat. Um, but I, it, without him, they've looked really good. I think we talked about this in game four um, where Tibbs made the decision to bench Julius Randle because he just wasn't playing very well. And maybe it was a bad matchup for them i know we, we talked about these yesterday with myself and scott that the interior defense of the keelan cavaliers could cause problems for the for guys like uh, uh julius randall so um but nonetheless they get the victory uh they advance they'll be playing the miami heat here uh in the conference semifinals in the eastern conference uh and then a couple other games last night before we get to the big story of last night. Memphis, I think we all expected them to come out and take care of business against the Lakers. Um they came out in that first quarter outscored the Mem sorry the LA Lakers 38 to 23 and rode that victory to a 116-99 win uh, as they are now still trailing three games to two but the series will shift back to LA tomorrow night for game 6 as the Lakers look to wrap it up or the Memphis trying to force game seven back in their building, which would be on Sunday. Um, I think it's now seven. And I mentioned this on the pod all week. I think it's now seven or eight straight games uh, between these two teams that whichever team has won the first quarter, Delonte has gone on to win the game. Yep. I heard it heard on the broadcast. I thought, yep. Yeah. So um, any takeaways from that game? I think I, it, for me, I think it went kind of as expected. I thought just Grizzlies would just come out and play well on their home floor.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't think uh, I didn't think the Lakers would win this game. I mean, if you've been watching the Lakers all year, you see in spots where they're expected to win or th- where you need a big performance from and they just don't show up. Uh, I think that's a reflection of just them being comfortable with, okay, we'll just close it out at home and we won't have to worry about them again. Um they didn't play with the same level of intensity, although in that third quarter, they did cut it to one, and I don't yeah. know what the hell. I don't know what the hell happened after then. Like they just
0: went on a crazy run. Yeah, yeah I don't as know. As, um, as, um, as
1: I think I think what happened was is they got to figure out so they got to figure out what to do in the non AD minutes because when they don't have AD on the floor, they got right. no rim protection. And, and Ja, um, Bane to a certain degree, even Jaron Jackson is like dominating on the interior. Like they're attacking the Lakers like no other. Um, So, I mean, like you said, it went as expected. I did think Memphis did some things uh, well that they didn't do in the first three or four games was Mm. they pretty much packed in the paint and was just like doubling AD and letting those guys rotate and shoot the ball. Um, Now, they obviously didn't hit the shots like, you know, Rui and some of those guys didn't hit shots. Dilo was D'Lo wasn't bad, but uh, he wasn't good either. So. I think that that's going to be coming to play. I think they're going to try to make them a jump shooting team. And if they win, if they win shooting jumpers then they win, uh, which is something the Lakers don't do well, but yeah, as you said, I think it went as expected. Mm, I didn't expect the Lakers to win. I had a ticket on Memphis also. So,
0: yeah. Uh, All right. Before we get to to the final two games of last night uh, to recap those, uh, let me tell everyone about the shady race parlay of the day contest. We're running a special parlay of the day contest for the people who bought their sh- their shades from ShadyRace.com using promo code SGPN. Each day of the NFL Draft, the Sports Gambling Podcast will release a Shady Race parlay of the day. If the parlay hits, the cash will be awarded to one lucky listener. Go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com shady to start getting shady. And like I mentioned, we're brought to you by Shady Rays. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. That's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair for free, no questions asked. Wear Shady Race with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Race, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to Fight Hunger with Feeding America. And if you don't love them, exchange it for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, Delante, uh maybe the two more interesting games of last night, or maybe the two series that people were, I guess, more interested in, uh, was the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors uh yesterday. Um Warriors, we talked about this all season long, that there was no secret, they weren't very good on the road. That I think that if the Warriors were gonna win the series it was going to have they were going to have to win a home game uh, sorry a road game mm-hmm. and they went to sacramento last night and they did get that job done they got the victory last night 123 116 early on though, uh dlante i thought that it was going to be the same old story for the uh, golden state warriors because sacramento came out and and looked you know really good they won that first quarter 36 to 33 but then after that, the Golden State Warriors really clamped down. Uh, the second quarter, they only allowed twenty points to the Sacramento Kings. They had a, I think, a four-point lead going into the half, um, and then they outscored the Golden, uh, sorry, the Sacramento Kings in that third quarter by five points, thirty-nine to thirty-four, and then Steph Curry pretty much closed out that game, and they get the road victory here. Now they take a three to three games to two lead. The series now shifts back to the Bay Area in San Francisco where now Sacramento is going to have to win a road game to push this to a Game 7. But what were your kind of takeaways from last night? And we did see De'Aaron Fox play last night. Did chip in with 24 points, but again, it was only on 9 of 25 shooting last night, where he only shot 36% from the floor, Delante.
1: Yeah, early on, I thought the same thing. I thought they were about to get ran out uh, after that first quarter. And then they kind of settled down. Uh, some questionable things that were happening defensively with them on the pick and rolls, like, Davion Mitchell was like literally going under on screens with with Steph and Clay and um, Herder didn't show up. He was leaving Clay Thompson on several threes like they were getting their coverages mixed up. So I think that played a part in getting some rhythm. I mean Draymond had twenty points. Uh, I think on the broadcast uh, Ernie it, with Ernie Shack uh, Kenny and Charles. I think he hadn't had twenty points in a playoff game since twenty nineteen. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, that was against like the it. Rockets. I, ironically, sorry about that. Um, it's okay. But yeah, so I think the Draymond stuff was just more of uh, like a, pet- I mean not a pedestal, but uh, like a barometer of why they lost. I don't think they, I don't think the Kings played terrible. To be honest with you, I thought they played decent. They just had stretches yeah. where they just couldn't get it get, couldn't get it together, couldn't string together stops. Mm-hmm. They would get like within a certain amount of points, and then Steph would hit a three, Clay would hit a three. I thought Wiggins was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. In the game, he has been on Williams series. He last night. Yeah, I thought Looney was incredible on the boards. Uh, but, I mean, I didn't... Honestly, I didn't think that the Kings played particularly bad. I just thought... They had a shot to tie the game, of Malik Monk 3, late in the 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed it, and after the end, I think it went kind of downhill um, in that aspect. But they just didn't have enough to close it out. Now, I know that ex- people are pointing to the experience, but, I mean, I don't really think it's an experience thing. I think... I really do think that... The Kings have a better team. They just, I mean, Golden State just has Steph Curry at the end of the day. Um, Kyle Lowry told us that a long time ago. Him and DeMar DeRozan, you know, they felt like they were the better team. One team had LeBron James. They didn't. And that's kind of what I see with this series. Uh, I mean, you, you know, the, the thing with, with Golden State is they're not going to get that contribution from Draymond every night, obviously. He's going to bring it on the, on the defensive side, of course. But offensively, you're not going to get that. So... You have to limit somewhat of those other guys and if you want to, you know, let Stephen Clay do the thing. But overall, I mean, I did honestly I didn't think that that the Kings played that bad. I don't know what you saw. Uh, I'm interested to hear. But I didn't think they played that bad. I thought they just lost the game. I mean, that, that happens when you got a player like Steph Curry on opposite side.
0: I think the one thing that stuck out to me is kind of go back and look at the block score that both teams really didn't have a great night shooting the three ball, right? Eleven of thirty-eight for the Warriors, twenty-nine percent. And then same thing for the Sacramento Kings, ten of thirty-four. The difference in this game was be uh, inside the three-point line. The Warriors shot close to seventy, uh, sorry, sixty-seven uh, percent. Uh, and then you kind of look at the uh, points in the paint in this game. Um, it was pretty much even, sixty to twenty-four. I th- think for the Golden State Warriors, like you mentioned. It was really Steph Curry that in the moments where they needed to get a basket to kind of stop the momentum of the Sacramento Kings, he was able to provide that. Despite him not having the greatest of shooting nights last night, right. he was able to knock down mid-range jump shots. He was able to get to the basket as well because he was only 2 of 10 last night from three-point line. Let's not forget that. And like you mentioned, Clay Thompson had a pretty good night shooting from three-point line, where he was five of seven, uh, Sorry, 5 of 11. Um, so the rest of the team ended up going, what, six of 27 if it wasn't for Clay Thompson last night? And I think, again, it comes down to the two guys where they're not getting enough credit because they're behind the Splash Brothers, which you mentioned. Come on, Looney, 22 rebounds last night. Seven, seven of assists. those were offensive, seven assists, and seven of those 22 rebounds were offensive rebounds. Um, Andrew Wiggins chipped in with 20 points, but at the same time, it's not going to pop off the page that he was really good defensively last night and making hustle plays as well. Um, so I think for the Warriors I think the experience factor is what's kind of taking over right now for them just because they've been in the playoffs for I mean I don't know how many years now they've won you know so many titles with the core of Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson come on Looney so um it's now three to two here, Delonte. We'll, we're shifting back to the Bay Area. And I think the Golden State Warriors probably close the series out. And it's nothing for the Sacramento Kings to hang their hats on because they had an incredible season. They finished up as a number one seed. Uh, Mike Brown won coach of the year, but this is more of a learning experience for this young team because 90% of this roster was has never been in the playoffs before. It's like for what? Harrison Barnes? Yeah. And uh, um, I think um, Malik Monk. No, not even Monk. And yeah. Yeah, hurt her. So again, it's. It, I mean, they still have a chance. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to count them out because anything can happen. We've seen it. Um, but again, right now, the experience it feels like it's too much right now for the um, uh, for the Golden State Warriors in this series.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they just. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know. No, no, I, I don't know. They just. It, it's just weird with some of the things that they were doing defensively. They couldn't stop the. Uh, they would do go to state would do a middle pick and roll and then they would have the wing whoever was on the wing like gary payton or um they would put sometimes draymond there like they would just dive to the rim and it's a, like a dunk and the king could not stop yeah. it they they could not yeah. stop it uh, gary payton got a couple dunks off it um i think Divincenzo um called a dunk off it as well but yeah i mean it's just that defending the warriors no matter who you have on the team you you have to be engaged off the ball. And not yeah. a lot of teams are – or not a lot of players are used to playing that style of basketball. So it's like, okay, we can let up a little bit because he's off the ball. But then he cuts to the basket and you don't know what to do. So it's hard, it's hard defending the, the, um, the Warriors. Um, the Kings, I give, them a, I give them a shot. I mean, I give them a shot yeah, to, to come out, them out. And, and play well. And if they get if they get it to seven, it's going to be very, very interesting. Like I, said, I will yeah. say
0: that. I mean, look, Atlanta went into – Boston in game five and got the victory there without arguably their second best player. I don't think it's a conversation with DeJounte Murray. So you can't count anybody out. Um, All right, before we get over to the game of the night last night and, and, the shockwaves that was sent to the NBA. Let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. We're brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player props parlays than over at underdog fantasy besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games. They've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million in prizes. Head over to underdog fantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus. Up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And it's officially draft day. The NFL Draft Props Contest, part uh, of the SGPN's draft week. SGPN is holding a free NFL Draft Prop Contest exclusively for members of our Discord. It's completely free to join, and the winner gets $250 in cash and a $50 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord and go to the NFL channel for the sign up link. All right, Delonte, the game of the night, everybody's talking about it. I mean, it's been the series that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, the Miami Heat go into Milwaukee in game five and they stun um, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and they get the victory in overtime, 128-126. They win the series in five games. And they advanced to the next round to face the New York Knicks. Jimmy Butler last night had another Jimmy Butler game. He played 46 minutes, dropped 42 points, uh, 17 of 33 from the floor, had eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. Uh, Bam Adebayo last night dropped a triple-double for, for this team. 20 points, 10 assists. Gabe Vincent had another good game as well. Uh, 22 points, four of 12 from three point land, and then you go to the other side and you kind of look at the box score. Okay, Giannis had 38 points and 20 rebounds. Chris Middleton, 33 points, six rebounds, six assists. Brooke Lopez finished up with a double double, 18 and 10. Drew Holiday, 16 points, nine rebounds, six assists but it wasn't good enough to start uh, to keep this uh, Miami heat team from winning the basketball game last night. Um, I don't know even where to start here. Delante. why don't you kind of give your <laughs> thoughts for the game last night <laughs> and then uh, we're just kind of go from there. I think the, the biggest thing that sticks out. And I think people were talking about it, is that Giannis went 10 of 23 from the free throw yeah. line. I guess maybe we could start there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he looked terrified. He didn't even want to take. He almost gave the game away. Uh, Chris Middleton saved the ball and uh, got it to Holiday. Yeah. So he didn't. That just goes to show he was terrified. He didn't want to shoot those free throws, which is a, a knock on, which has been a knock on him for, uh, since his since he's elevated into this uh, top three player, uh, in the NBA. I mean, like I really, I really don't know where to start. I mean, Giannis, like I love Giannis, but like I think this is like more so on him than it is anybody else. Although Bud obviously plays a part, but I mean, if you watch the NBA or know anything about Bud, you knew that this was somewhat regular for him as far as, you know, choking away playoff games or series, especially late in the games, even when he, he was with the Hawks, which is kind of odd because he was with um, he was with uh, Popovich. So I'm not understanding how he doesn't have more... You know, knowledge of in play adjustments and different things like that because Pop is one of the better in game adjusters as far as using timeouts, uh, after timeout calls. So yeah, I'm not sure uh, why Bud is is the way he is, but yeah, man, Giannis like in that game they had control. He was like a minus forty five in the fourth quarter of both games, like wow. combined. So I mean, that's not good at all. Yeah, obviously, but. Yeah, I think, man, people love Giannis so much, and I mean, I do too, and he's obviously, you know, uh, like, you can tell he's, like, genuine and loves the game, but, yeah, I think it's a little blow to his legacy. I mean, he's been out of the first round four times already. He got swept by Miami in the bubble. Now, whether you want to count that or not, it's whatever, but he got dominated. He, he only played in two games, I guess two and a third. I don't really count the first game because he didn't obviously finish, but they were one and one without him. I mean, he comes there. He doesn't take the responsibility of guarding Butler. Uh, I know he said in the presser that like, I guess he didn't want to tell drew, but when you're the best player, like you think LeBron, Katie, any of the top guys, uh, like right now is going to say, Oh yeah, um, he, he got him." Let's just, let's just let that rock. No, not with, not when the season's on the line and you're on the brink of getting basically humiliated in a five game series by eight seed. So I thought it was a lot to do with um, Giannis in the situation. Obviously, you know, the role players didn't play as well. I thought Middleton had an incredible game uh, to start off. So, uh, But Drew, he was getting owned by Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler was letting them know about it. I thought that was incredible down the stretch yep. of those two uh, battling with each other. But, yeah, man, I'm putting a lot of the blame on Giannis, to be honest. I put like I put like 55-45 between him and Bud, to be honest with you now. How do you want to split it up? I think that's uh, up for debate. But I didn't even like the press conference afterwards about the, you know, what he said about the reporter. I mean, I know a lot of people were – you know, about the failure stuff. I mean, technically, it kind of is a failure. Like, you're the betting favorite. Um, you, you didn't play the two games, but still, you had control of the two games prior, well, after that. And, yeah. I mean, you were dominating for three and three-fourths quarters, and you couldn't close it out. And that mainly had to do with, A, you not guarding Butler, uh, being the premier defender that you are, and B, 10 of 23 from the free throw. Line. If he's just, hits his average, what is he, like a 60% free throw shooter?
0: If that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, even, even if he's just average, like, they can win the game because he, he went to the line a couple times when they were, uh, I think when it was, they were down two, he missed the front, well, he made the first one, missed the second one, Yeah, and then he went to the line again, Um, I think when they were up one, and he missed both, mm-hmm. and that allowed a Jimmy Butler shot off the, um when he was staring at, uh, at Holiday. So, yeah, man, I'm putting a lot of blame on Giannis, to be honest with you, I love Giannis, um... I hope you listen to this actually. Uh but hey
0: man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm interested to see. It's it's so I, much we probably could yeah. do a whole podcast
0: on just this game, to be honest. Yeah, we could. Um I, I'm putting a lot of the blame on Coach Bud here. I, I think that you know Scott has been on the on the wagon of that he's one of the most overrated head coaches when it comes to especially in the playoffs. Um as a head coach. Your job is to make those in-game adjustments if your team is not excelling in an area. And I think that I I know at the end of the day that the players win games. But at the same time, your job as a head coach, you're the leader of this team. And I think that, number one, you mentioned that the adjustment should have been made by Coach Bud saying, hey, Drew, we know you're one of the best defenders, if not one of the better defenders in the NBA but Jimmy Butler has you figured out right now. We're going to try something else. We're going to put Giannis yep. on him. And I think that's an adjustment that should have been made by Coach Bud two games ago. Um Yeah, you can blame Giannis as well. Um, because he went, what, 10 of 23 from the free throw line? And, and there was parts, especially in games four and five, where he was just kind of forcing the issue, especially down when they were, especially in the fourth quarter, where we knew that Miami heat weren't going to lay down no matter what it was that transpired over the past four or past two games for the Miami heat. And just Jimmy Butler, uh, I don't know where we rank this playoff performance, at least for this round. It's it's definitely up there as a probably top three for sure. But I think when we talk about in-game adjustments, some of the best head coaches make those adjust- adjustments, and I think we are kind of all forgetting that when the Eastern Conference playoffs started, Delonte, where would you rank Eric Spolstra as a head coach in the Western uh, sorry in the Eastern Conference from 1 to 8 from the playoffs team?
1: First, no doubt. No not even not even not even I wouldn't even there's have no to There's no question more,
0: of, Yeah, first. there's no question about it. Yeah. And and I, I should have pulled up the stats here, but I think I feel like when we talk about Miami throughout the season that they were one of the slower paced teams uh during the regular season. We saw in all five games of this series that yeah, they pushed the pace they made uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uncomfortable uh, and and those are the adjustments that we kind of talk about that Eric Spoelstra has been able to do throughout his coaching career it was on display in this series and I, I think that there was a couple points or times in this game where timeout should have been called by coach bud he can, i think he said in the post game conference that when there was what 0.5 seconds left after jimmy butler tied the game that he should have called the timeout there and he didn't um, and we talked about the defensive adjustment that should have been made on Jimmy Butler by either putting Giannis on him or putting Chris Middleton on him or giving him different looks, and that adjustment just wasn't made. So we could blame Giannis. I, I, I can I see it. You know, it, you know it, to to a certain degree, it is the it is the fault of players. As a leader, I think Giannis probably should have came out and, right. and That's told, I'm yeah, told, told Coach Bud, let me let me try to slow down Jimmy Butler. What is he maybe gonna tell he him? No, I, he gonna tell yeah. Giannis.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah, right. Yeah, nah, maybe
0: maybe go up to Drew Holiday, like you know what I mentioned. Drew Holiday, you're a great defender. He's cooking you right now. <laughs> let me let me try to slow him down. Yeah, and that, and that was the thing at the end of the day. But I, I think for as bad as we've talked about and the criticism that we've given. The Milwaukee Bucks, at the same time, Devontae. I think we need to also give our flowers to the Miami Heat. And especially the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from from Miami. Um, They shot, like, literally lights out. Uh, On second spectrum, they they do contested shots. They shot, like, north of 50% on contested jumpers. So the Milwaukee defense wasn't horrific. It's just that they were making an absurd amount of contested shots. And you can see it. Like, Kevin Love was hitting step-back threes, uh, even, uh, Caleb Martin didn't even have a big game and let's not forget like Giannis did foul Max Struess that on that three point attempt. So, yeah. I mean, that was a big swing in the game because they were up, uh, what two at the time mm-hmm. and they had, that was, if they would have, if they would have stopped them on that position, they had a chance to win or, um, or tie in that last position. Yeah. Cause I think the shot clock and the game clock were like six point, um, six seconds apart from each other. But yeah, man. Like I'm gonna give credit to to Miami. Spo did some incredible things, especially with those guys fouling out. Yeah, he adjusted and put Jimmy Butler on Brook Lopez was another thing that was really like, which really kind of turned the game a little bit because he wasn't able to push Jimmy Butler around like he was with those other defenders. And then obviously Bam was on Giannis. But yeah, man, I want to give Miami the credit. Obviously, they they and performed an incredible at an incredible level. Jimmy carried them. Uh, in these back-to-back games. But some of those guys that don't get enough credit as far as on the defensive end, like what Kyle Lowry was doing, um, hustling, he got that big call, which it shouldn't have been anything. That sh- it should have been a foul on Middleton, if anything, and that should have yeah. turned the game right there. Um, who else played well? Uh, Duncan Robinson hitting some timely shots. Uh, so it says a lot about that team, that culture. Gabe Vincent, man. I mean, yeah,
0: him I don't too. think he's getting talked about enough. I really do Yeah, don't. him
1: too. And uh, he's probably going to be a b- big factor in that series. Um, yeah. Uh, against the Knicks, but yeah, man, they like the Heat are just constant. Like they're just professionals. They they go about their their business. I think Spo is one of the best in game adjusters, one of the best game to game adjusters. Because if you can tell, like you said, in the regular season they were like bottom five field goal percentage, pace, uh, three point percentage, and now they just flip the switch and they're playing a completely different way in yeah. a span of. What and they played in the play in, so it's not like they you know had time off to work on these things. So yeah. he had to implement that like within the flow of like what a game or two off, a day or two off. So mm-hmm. that says a lot about the team buying in. Uh, I'm, I'm always been a big fan of, of Spo, but yeah, man, I think we should give Miami a lot of credit for, for what they did, and it's an incredible feat. Now, obviously, we're going to see if they're going to shoot that well again, which they probably won't, but. Got to give them props and um, not just put the blame on Milwaukee because Milwaukee did uh, play horrible, mm-hmm. but the heat, they had to take advantage and they did. And you got to give them credit for that.
0: Yeah, I think that's for, for you know, as great as Jimmy Butler was, like we talked about, like, you got to give flowers to the role players as well. Bam finally showed up last night dropping that triple double. So he seemed like he, obviously he's going to gain more confidence now having to go up against the New York Knicks where they're really going to need him. Um I think that Kevin Love uh, had a great, obviously, Gary game as well. He dropped mm-hmm. some three-pointers, had a uh, 10-plus rebound. So it was a great team effort last time. I mean, we talked about the names there for the Miami Heat. Uh, give them a lot of credit. They didn't lay down. They could have – I mean, a lot of people would have thought that they would have just relaxed and said, okay, we're up three games to one. Um, they have to beat us three times in a row. And even if they got game five, they just have to come into our building in game six and beat us. But no, they took the challenge by the throat and, and they took care of business for the bucks. You know, we'll have a conversation about them in the off season on what needs to be done about this roster. But I think that I don't, I don't think coach bud is going to be fired. I think he should be let go because I think you need a coach that's going to make adjustments, especially in the playoffs when it matters the most. And he wasn't able to do that. He was hundred percent out coached by coach Spo. Um, And that was, you know, one of the main differences so far in this series. So again, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this more than when we preview the heat and the, in the uh, next series in the next day or two, but at least for right now, Miami, they get the job done. They win it in five games and, um, and, and here we are. So uh, congrats to the Miami Heat. You take down the number one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you one more question yeah. before we get off this game. Did the Udonus technic did the has some technical spark the Miami Heat run? Do you think? <laughs>
0: um <laughs> Nah, what, was I, what was he doing? I don't know. Man. I don't even know what he was just going up to everybody. Like, he was <laughs> right. he had words with Brooke Lopez and then he was talking Bobby to the Portis. ref. Yeah. And then after he was done talking to the ref, he goes in, he goes up to the face of uh Bobby Portis. Right, and like, I think if anybody else, Bobby Portis would have swung, uh, swung, uh, swung at him. But if it was since it's break, like,
1: it uh, Nicola Meritic's like, yeah, and sent in him Chicago. Back to wherever he's from. Yeah. <laughs> so I like
0: Meritic too. He was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else for Heat and Bucks, uh, Delonte? Nah,
1: man, that was an incredible performance by Miami. Uh, looking forward to to the Heat um, next series, of course. And uh, yeah, man, I think a lot of people are gonna put the blame on Milwaukee as they should. But I think somewhere in the middle, we should be able to give Miami credit for what they did because it was yep. an incredible performance throughout the five games. Yep.
0: Um. All right, man. What is going on in the chat right now? Yeah, bro. Going? They
1: they are going crazy. I, I <laughs> like. I love it actually. Um. Uh,
0: so only one game on the schedule here tonight in the uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, we still have three series left to be determined. Uh, but the last Eastern Conference series has yet to be determined, and it could be determined tonight. So let's dive into it here, Delante. Uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh have a three games to two lead over the Atlanta Hawks. Game six is tonight eight thirty Eastern start in Atlanta, where right now I'm currently seeing the Boston Celtics are a seven-point road favorite here against the Hawks. Total is currently sitting at 232. Obviously, game five. Um, like we mentioned, Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young go into Boston, pull up the upset victory as a double-digit underdog. And now we are on a game six here. No DeJounte Murray in game five, but he does um, come back here uh, for game six here. Um, I guess the question here is how much does Boston look at what happened last night mm-hmm. and say, like, we have to end the series here tonight because if it gets to a game seven that. And I'm sure Terrell would be jumping up and down and and having that. I told you so sign. that if if Atlanta chokes this lead away, um, we might not hear the end of it about this Boston Celtics team. But right now let's get to the side first here. Delonte minus seven against the Hawks. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so like full disclosure on the book, I got buried on the on that Bucks um, Heat game, thinking the same thing that I'm thinking about the Celtics game. So I'm kind of you know uh, weary of swinging at the first pitch, you know, a batter that strikes out yeah. a lot, swinging at that first pitch. So I'm kind of weary on it. Uh, but I do think the Celtics bury the Hawks here. Um, now you take that with, with whatever you. As I just told you about what I thought about the books, but yeah, I mean it's a different scenario. Obviously the Hawks don't have Jimmy Butler. Uh, they do have Trey Young though but obviously not Jimmy Butler. So honestly, Missoula is probably lucky that um, Bud taking some pressure off him because he hasn't been good either in in, in this series. He hasn't been good either. And obviously not a lot of people are talking about it because of what happened with Bud and transpired in that series. So man, he's been bad down the stretch. He was taking Brogdon off the floor when Brogdon was pretty much facilitating the offense. And he put smart back on the floor and smart made that foul. Um, not doubling Trey Young or taking the ball out of his hands, making other guys beat you uh, in that last few minutes, uh, drawing up a horrible play at the end. Uh, luckily, Derek White got fouled. But, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think missoula has been good either. I think that was a thing that happened with the with the Celtics fans that they've been wanting to see how he performs in these playoff moments. But from a side perspective, I think the Celtics come in. I think they bounce back. I think Tatum has a big game. Brown has been playing phenomenal the last two games. Yeah, uh, I think he's averaging about what? 28, 29 points per game in the Mm -hmm. the last two games. He's been great all all series, even with a messed up hand or finger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But I think the Celtics take care of business here. I'll be laying a number. Um, I'm going to probably be a trifecta with uh, the Celtics first quarter, first half and uh, full game.
0: I want to take the Boston here, Celtics here, but these underdogs have been covering and I think that Atlanta has the momentum here. I think this game could be close down the stretch here because like you mentioned if this is like a if this even this is a 10-point lead for Boston going into that fourth quarter what you mentioned that that Missoula has not been very good in the fourth quarter coaching wise I think this might be the difference between a cover or possibly an outright win for Atlanta here tonight Um, I'm gonna go with Atlanta plus the seven here I think that getting DeJounte back being at home you have all the momentum. I think this is a game where Atlanta can keep it within the number. I will, I, I'm not going to be shocked if, obviously, Boston wins. I mean, they are a seven-point favorite here, but I think this was, probably comes down to a couple possessions here that Boston probably gets a victory here by five or six points. The problem that I had, and in, in, I was all over Boston in Game 5. I thought they would go in there and close it out. There was just a lot of boneheaded plays by Marcus Smart in that fourth quarter, which really led to... Atlanta getting the victory there. You know, and can't, You can't have those same mistakes. And what you mentioned there, that Malcolm Brogdon needs to be in this closing group down the stretch for the uh, Boston Celtics because, again, that gives you another ball handle on the floor. It gives you another scoring option. The guy can knock down the three-point shot, and he can get to the basket at will as well. Um, Jason Tatum, like you mentioned, he didn't have a great game in Game 5, shooting the ball. Um, he should bounce back here tonight, and Jalen Brown has been incredible uh, over the last two games, and he's he's really been good this season, especially on the road. If you kind of dive into the numbers and just look at, you know, he was a little bit better on the road, scoring points. His three point percentage was a um, a lot better on the road this season than it was at home. uh yeah, at home. So, but I think there's something about this Atlanta team that they've maybe figured something out here a little bit. um Trey Young has looked good over the last two games. You get Dejounte back, who has been phenomenal. Uh, all throughout the season, or sorry, in this series as well. So um, I, I think that with Quinn Snyder, they figured some things out here against Missoula. I think he's getting out coached as of right now. Um, but I, I do like, I, I, I'm going to take the home dog here. Give me the plus seven here with the Atlanta Hawks. I think that my my more favorite player here, Delonta, is coming out of the total here at 232. But what are your thoughts on the total?
1: Yeah, I'm going, I hope you're going over because I'm going over too.
0: Yeah, I like the over.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, because Atlanta, although they have been playing a little better defensively. Like, and so basically they don't play well as like full game, but in spurts, they get stops when they need to. So that's very key when you're looking at, uh, over under, they do get stops in spurts, but Celtics is going to get whatever they want at the rim. Um, uh, I thought Robert Williams should have played a lot more minutes because he was able to, uh, on the, in the dunker spot, he was able to get rebounds. Uh, they were catching a, a lot of the lives The pick and roll with him and Jalen was really effective, um, but, yeah, I'd like the over. The pace has been incredible. They play back-to-back overs. Um, mm-hmm. The Hawks like to get out and run. The Celtics, they don't mind running. They can play at any pace. But I think the regression for – a positive regression is coming for Jason Tatum and some of those other guys who didn't shoot well. I think Horford hasn't had a big game or a decent game to his standards since, yeah. like, game one or two, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I think Horford snaps out of his slumps, hits a couple threes, Um and you know, with DeJounte being back, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of juice in the building. Um, I might look at the Hawks first. I, I wanna I wanna go Celtics first quarter, but I think I think you just kind of talked me off of that. So I think I might go Hawks first quarter with a lot of juice being in the building. Um, I mean hey, they kicked Janet Jackson out, man. They got they better do something early on this game. <laughs> that was yeah.
0: funny.
1: You can't just kick Janet Jackson out, out of an arena, but yeah. uh but yeah, man, I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with the over for sure. Uh, I'm going to circle back and see if I'm going to play the Hawks uh, on that first quarter.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the first two games went under the total, but over the last three games, um, it's been 252, 250 and 236. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like you said, both these teams can get up and down the floor as far as pace goes. And something that we also did talk about after the All-Star break or when they did hire Quinn Snyder, that they started playing at a faster pace. Um, and, you know, we knew Boston as well. They they played at a faster pace and like getting up the three-point shots as well. So, yeah, um, I, I do like the over in this game as well. Uh, let's get over to some player props. um Delonte, why don't you to us off any player props you like for tonight?
1: Yeah, man, so I like a bunch of them. Uh, actually, I, I I probably can give a whole... We probably can do the prop cast uh, with all these props <laughs> that I got, but uh, I'll just give out a few. So, I like Trey over his assists. So, you can get eight and a half, which is juiced at, like, minus 140. Or mm-hmm. you can get nine and a half at plus money. I, okay. I mean, it's up to you as a better how you want to do it. I will probably play the, a little bit of both, to be honest. Probably put half unit on both, and hopefully you could just win one. If I mean, if I win one and lose the other, it'd still be a positive day. But he's been crushing this as of late, um, thirteen and fifteen in the last two games, averaging ten point two in the series. I would think you know Boston turns him more into a facilitator and do a better job defending him, uh, being that Murray's back. So, I'd like him over eight and a half assists. We'll just call it eight and a half because that's what it is, consensus. Most most of the uh, books I see. Um, shout out, Scott. I'm going Capella under nine and a half. Scott bet this so much that they moved it from ten and a half to nine and a half. So, I'm going <laughs> to go under. Uh, he's not been seeing a lot of minutes uh, as of late. It's pretty much a bad matchup for him, with like we said, with Robert Williams being in the lineup. He's more agile, pushes him away from the rim. They're doing a great job of limiting his lob opportunities, but for whatever reason, Everybody else catches a lob but Capella. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, Collins. Oh, I noticed
0: um, it when it was with Houston.
1: Yeah, like like <laughs> Collins, Kongu, all those guys are catching lobs. But Capella just, for whatever reason, Boston does a good job of stopping him from catching lobs. I have no idea why, but they do. He just um, has bad hands. He's only had six field goal attempts. Um, he's only had six uh, field goal attempts um, in one game, which is not, not much for a center. Obviously, so he's also not getting to the line. He's four of six in the series. He shot four in one game, which was game four. So mm-hmm. I like him under nine and a half. I'll get, I'll send an invoice to Scott if that doesn't cash. Um, Tatum over 44 and a half points, rebounds and assists. We talked about him horrible from three, one of 10, 19 points. He has to come out and play better and, and help Brown out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Derek White over 18, oh, over 15 and a half points. Yep. He's over in four of the last five games. He shot the ball extremely, extremely well. So, with the rotation being shortened, Missoula's not playing Grant Williams. He's not playing some of those other guys that we were seeing in the regular season. So, he's seeing north of 30 minutes. Uh, he's averaged around 11 field goal attempts in the series. So, I like Derek White over 15 and a half points also.
0: um yeah, I agree about the Derek White one. He's been really good for this team um, as far as knocking down shots or even getting to the basket and the free throw line. Uh I really did like DeJounte Murray over 21 and a half points. I, I don't understand why this number is that low, especially in a, in a in a series where he's gone over this projection, I think in three out of the four games, if I'm not mistaken. I'm actually pulling up his exact numbers here. So for the series, he's averaging 25.3 points um but he's gone over this projection in all four games that he's played in against Boston 24 29 25 and 23 and he's also getting the shot volume if you just look at his shot volume he's mm-hmm. attempted a minimum of 20 uh, attempts in all three uh sorry all four games so far against Boston and again also the three point shots have been there for him as well he's attempting those as well so thought that number was a little conservative um Trey assists. I I agree with. I think that if I don't think they're going to double team him, um, but again, he's if the shooters are going to be able to knock down shots here tonight, um, whether it's Bogdanovich, whether it's Sadiq Bay, um, John Collins had, had a great shooting night as like,
1: well. Um, he's been having like seven or eight in like the first quarter. Like yeah. I think he had like eight in the first quarter of Game Four. Was it the one that they
0: won uh, when they were down 3 three zero? Right.
1: Um, they eight. were down two. They were down two zero, and the- Yeah, so it was 2-0. game i yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. like eight in the first quarter. Yeah, so he's yeah, been yeah. doing yeah.
0: a really good job. Yeah, really good job of that. Yeah. Um. So that was the one that I did like a uh, Kongu under. Um. This is another page out of uh, Scott's book. Um. He's been he's been in foul trouble a lot. Uh. For this Hawks team, his number was at I think eight or eight and a, eight and a half I believe. Uh, for Okongwu. I'm trying to actually pull up his numbers here. Let me see if I can. Yeah. So he's averaging six points for the um, playoffs so far. But last game, he did have nine. But again, that was a game where DeJounte Murray didn't play Delonte. And that opened up about what, like I mentioned, at a minimum 20 shots for other guys. Um, But the shot volume is not really there for him. He's playing around 22 to 23 minutes on average. Um, but obviously the offense doesn't run through him. A lot of his points are going to come either, like you mentioned, lobs or if it's going to be, you know, offensive rebounds and he puts it back up or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, he hasn't gone over eight and a half. Um, he's only gone over eight and a half in one of the games, like I mentioned, but it was it was the last game in game five. So those are the kind of ones that I was looking at. Uh, Jalen Brown, I do like his over as well here tonight. Like you mentioned earlier, he's been really good um, over the last two games. Of the playoffs, he's averaging 25.6, but he's at back-to-back 30-plus point games mm-hmm. for the um, Boston Celtics, 35 last night, or sorry, in game five, and then 31 in game four. And and again, like I mentioned, if you guys have time, listen, just go back and look at his home and road splits. Just the shooting numbers are just so much better on the road for whatever reason for Jalen Brown. So I think that, you know, Delante, you would like the over for the um, – sorry, for Jason Tatum. I think that if, if the Boston Celtics are going to have to win tonight or going to win tonight, it's mm-hmm. going to have to be on the back of their, both of their superstars. As crazy as that sounds or as that, Captain Obvious as that sounds, I think both of those guys are going to have to have big games here tonight as well. So um, I like Jalen Brown over 20, I think it was 26 and a half points for him to here tonight. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, anything else for this game here tonight, Delonte?
1: Um, I was looking at Jalen Johnson stuff. I mean, his props aren't up yet, or at least I don't see him. But mm-hmm. he's like, I think Snyder likes him and likes what he can bring, but he just can't guard anybody. Like, he can't guard anybody. Everybody blows past him.
0: He um, has the length, like the height. Yeah, he does. He does. It's I mean, just he's about I mean, him, like, developing his defensive yeah, abilities.
1: Right. The Hawks are pretty much the equivalent to Florida State basketball. They got all that length and size on the perimeter. They got pretty much the same. They got six guys that are pretty much the same player. Um and he's he fits in that category. So I think I want to take him, but I'm not sure how much Quinn will be able to play him in a must win game. Uh he played a lot obviously more in game five due to or it was game five due to Murray not being there. So I'm uh, kind of looking to see uh maybe some live player props on him if I see him
0: getting some more minutes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get over to our lock and dog for tonight. Why don't you lead us off?
1: Yeah, man. So with the lock, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics land of seven. Um, I'm probably going to get buried and have to send Sean an email asking him, can I get a cash advance? But I'm going to bet it minus seven Boston Celtics. As for the dog, I'm going with uh Trey young over. Uh, nine and a half assists. It's plus one forty. You could probably ladder it up and get ten or eleven, and get a little bit uh more on the plus money side. But I think he has an incredible game, dishing the rock off. He's been playing well, even with uh even with Murray in the lineup. Um, I think Boston will do a better job of limiting some of his shot opportunities, and uh, he'll be able to get the ball to some of those playmakers on on the wing. So Trey Young over nine and a half assists for the dog, and locking up uh boston minus seven so sean look out for the invoice if, if they get killed
0: <laughs> uh all right for my log, <clears throat> i think i'm gonna go back to the same one i had for this game in our last show that I cashed boston celtics first half team total over i see a 61 right now uh for the celtics they're averaging 67 or sorry 66 points in the first half in all five games here so far um They've had 61 or more in all five games. I think that continues here tonight. I think that if they come out and shoot the basketball well, we've seen it that they've done it in the first quarter, in particular in the second quarter as well. Um, I think that they can definitely get over this projection. So first half team total over 61 for me as my lock. Don't hate the full game either. Um, you can you take a look at the final some of the final scores after game two? Um, I think the team that has won the game has scored at least 119. Um, so I wouldn't be mad at the 119 and a half as far as a full game team total, but uh officially 61 uh team total over for the Boston Celtics in the first half. For my dog, uh, I'm gonna go Jalen Brown to score 30 or more here tonight. Um, I think that was at plus one fifty when I when I was writing um it down. Let me hear, let me pull it up here quickly.
1: Do you get uh, do they, do you get those from uh from like
0: DraftKings? Yeah, it's on DraftKings. Okay,
1: yeah, they got they got the they got the best props. They got the like
0: leading scorer and all, they got some mm-hmm. good props. Yeah, so thirty plus for Jalen Brown here tonight is at uh plus one fifty. Let me see on FanDuel if it's a better number, but again, definitely shop around for the best number. But back to back games thus far, Jalen Brown has uh scored. Uh, 30 plus points for the uh, Boston Celtics. Like I mentioned already on the pod, that he does better at home or, sorry, on the road for whatever reason, shooting the basketball. Uh, it is plus 180 on FanDuel, so there's a better number there uh, for Jalen Brown to score 30 plus here tonight. So, Jalen Brown plus 180 on FanDuel right now to score 30 or more points here tonight. Um, that is going to do it. Delonte, uh only one game on the schedule here tonight. Um, but anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, my man? Nah, man. Uh, I guess the um, NBA
1: is going up against the NFL draft, so they didn't want to put a lot of games on, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting this one to be over pretty early. But then again, I expected that from Milwaukee. So Hawks probably win. Bet the Hawks money, line. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, hopefully, it's a good game here tonight. Uh, I think that's kind of all we asked for here, but hopefully, we find some more winners here tonight. Um, and then we're on to almost the second round. I think we should be wrapped up either by tomorrow, if not Sunday for sure. I don't know how many of these games will go to a game seven, um, but we will see. Um, Let's hope, for, and- uh,
1: let's hope for the guys in the chat that the Kings don't go to game seven because they're going to light Tony up, man. Shout out my guy Tony in the chat.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. They gonna light him the up chat's they, been they, popping off, man. If, if it
1: gets to seven, man, the chat going to light Tony up. He might not be <laughs> in.
0: Uh, all right. We'll be back tomorrow. Scott and Terrell should be here tomorrow. They'll cover the three games tomorrow, two games tomorrow. Um,
1: uh, is it three? Um, I
0: think it's two. It's a uh, Warriors, Kings, and yeah, then Lakers, yeah. Grizz. Yeah. Good games, um, good games. Yeah. So a couple games game six there. I think maybe uh, Friday night we'll come back and uh, do a preview for Phoenix and Denver and then New York and Miami. And then if, if Boston does wrap up tonight as well, well, we'll preview the next series as well for uh, Philly and Boston. So um, this will be a good time. If you haven't already, subscribe to the youtube channel here for the nba gambling podcast just hit that subscribe button before you guys get out of here do us a favor smash that like button for us um it really helps us grow uh on the algorithms and all that good stuff on, on the um on on youtube and then again follow us on twitter as well at sgp nba uh follow delante on twitter at xxlante xx follow me on twitter at SportsNerd824. Again, there's still plenty of time to get into the draft props contest uh, for the NFL draft that's going off tonight or starting tonight, I should say. So definitely hop in. It's free to enter. It's $250 to the winner and a $50 SGPN gift card. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow at the usual time. Um, Till then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.